1: Welcome everybody to another edition of Doing the Favor podcast. I'm your host Eric Brown. You can follow me on Twitter at EricBrown740, but of course, always follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok by searching at Doing the Favor. With me as always, he's the sexual intellectual, double H to husky heart throb, leader of the husky army, and the prince of Portsmouth. My man Barry Frost. Barry, how you doing, homie?
2: I'm doing well, and that is not saying a lot if I'm the prince of Portsmouth. I should be the king.
1: You got to live there to be the king. That's why you're the prince. True.
2: But we have a special
1: guest this week. We are doing the Royal Rumble 2006 Watch Along, the Royal Rumble match. And with us is a very special guest, very good friend of ours. He is one half of the Breaker Bane Power Hour. He is one half of the TB Toy Cast with our good friend and fellow Ohio player, Travis Fowler. He is the host of You Know It's Fake, Right? Our good friend. Brian Breaker. Brian, how you doing, homie?
0: Dude, it is great to be here, fellas. Um, we haven't done any podcasting in a in a minute. We're doing a watch along on the Royal Rumble O six. So this is gonna be a good time, man. Thanks for having me.
1: Really glad to have you. We're just gonna keep doing watch alongs with our friends until we get kind of tired of it. whenever we started doing this, I told Barry I said I definitely want to have Breaker on at some point, just because I mean, all the respect we have for you for just actually being in the business. We're the only friend <laughs> you're the only friend we have that <laughs> actually probably literally knows what he's talking about so yeah man i'm always always good to have you on
0: oh man i you know i think the royal rumble is a fun one too to do a watch along and, and fun little fact anytime we were wanting to have fun in training or something we would all do like a little royal rumble at the end of training week so we'd have like 10 of us we'd even like draw out shoot numbers sometimes just just fun you know and I like I, there's something just so special about this event it's just it's a fun match to watch even though it's
2: long i was gonna ask you you know in your career even on the indie shows you know they have 15 matches and you know how many royal rumbles personally had you have you uh been involved in
0: well i've, I've done a few
2: that were like royal rumble style but
0: like eight people I didn't really count i've done two for sure that were actual like 30 plus men royal rumbles i actually booked one too Okay. Um, yeah. I I showed up to a, to a to a venue and he booked it as a Royal Rumble. He didn't call it something different or some clever name. He just called it a Royal Rumble. So, <laughs> yeah. It was pretty bad and he was like, "Hey man, you want to help me book this?" and I'm like, "Okay." And I was like, "So like what do you what do you want?" And he goes, "Well, I want to come down to me and you." I'm like, "Okay." And um like not great talent in the locker room, like really bad. So I'm trying to figure out how to put this together. Cause I've never booked anything like this before. I'm basing it off like what I, my, my idea was like, okay, we're going to do the finish from Austin and Brett from 97, where as the heel, I get thrown out, but I come back in mm-hmm. and win it that way. And, and, but he had so many bad talents. A lot of mine didn't know. I was like, I need everyone to write your name down. <laughs> I'm going to start putting the list together of how we come out and basically, you know, piece it together within like people that know what they're doing and then try to filter in the guys that didn't know what they were doing in spots where they wouldn't hurt anybody and stuff like that so and the the ring was in a small building so you could literally only go out one side <laughs> to say it was bad would be like a gross understatement but we got through it it was, it was what it was but I remember guys kept coming up to me, and saying, "Hey, hey, can me and him switch numbers?" And I'm like, "I don't care, you know, just <laughs> whatever." Just somebody walk out when the when the thing going goes over, off, you know? You're not going over, bro. You're not going over. I am. Yeah. Come
2: out and first if you want,
0: yeah, uh, it was and like it's like this three guys that were in a stable, and I had one of them coming out early, two of them coming out at the end. It's like, can I can I come out at the end so we can all like partner up? I'm like, hey, I don't care. Yeah, that's fine. Like, just there's five people in the match; they have to be where they're at. Everyone else is just kind of whatever. So um, I hear a lot from the guys that work these matches that they can be a cluster, which I could easily see because there's just so many people involved and you know different things happening. Trying to book that, I know, was not the easiest thing.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, obviously, I, mean, I don't know if Pat Patterson was still doing it here at this time, but obviously he's the godfather of the Royal Rumble and kind of the blueprint. and Kind of a blueprint they right. still... I thought they followed up until past couple of years and i feel like they've really changed it a lot you know you'd have the you'd have the workhorse and stuff like that and mm-hmm. it's kind of a lot different than what it has been i think they actually the women's Rumbles recently have been a little better than what past couple men's rumbles
0: i think this year like 2022 the women's rumble was far better than the men's rumble mm-hmm. um yeah, and that's not it's not always i think the only problem i see with the women's rumble is they go back to the well one too many times it's like the same surprises it's the, like Kelly Kelly's been in like three of them. And I'm like, OK, come on. You know, like it, it's hard to find like someone that like Ivory this year was a great surprise. Yeah. Um, but they haven't had a good one in a long time where it's like like they did Mighty Molly this year. It's like she was in one like two years ago. Like so sometimes it's hard to
2: find those really good surprises, I think. What about the terrible surprise of Ronda Rousey? Oh, yeah. Everybody <laughs> saw that coming. Horror.
0: I know you're a big Rousey fan, right? Did you ever get that elite, by the way?
2: Fucking Pete. <laughs> Pete, like let me tell you how awful Pete is. So we meet up in Chicago. He brings Eric like a nice what he brought you like a starting lineup, didn't he? He brought me a Barry
1: Bonds starting lineup,
2: yeah. And brings me an elite Ronda Rousey. Low life. I don't know why <laughs> I talk to Pete.
0: Uh, so funny story about that. um one of my really good friends, his name's Dan Geyer. He was our ring announcer in WLW for a number of years. He um, he works for the state athletic commission now. He actually worked that Royal Rumble through the state, so he was responsible for getting people licensed and stuff. And and all the women in Missouri have to fill out a pregnancy form, basically saying, "No, I'm not pregnant," and it's kind of like a a legal thing, you know, in case they get hurt or something.
2: So, and so, so I'm, I'm friends with Dan Geyer. Yeah. On Facebook. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Great, great guy. And he was kind of telling me, um, some behind the scenes stories. Cause basically he had to know, he knew all the surprises. Right. And they were kind of like, you can't tell anybody. And he's like, who am I going to tell? You know, like, right. like he could have told me, but I don't care. You know? So, right. I mean, it wasn't like, it wasn't like I was shocked that Ronda Rousey was there. Like, okay. Big shocker. But yeah. So.
1: What did you think of the men's rumble?
0: I was disappointed. I mean, I think, I think there's two things that we look for in a rumble for me. Anyway, I look for, I want a fun surprise. It's like, Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't expect that. And then I want someone to kind of get elevated. And we didn't see that. I, um, I know the year drew McIntyre won. I think that was such a good rumble. Cause I don't think like he made sense to win, but it wasn't, we wouldn't have been shocked if he didn't, you know, because he wasn't quite to main event level. So, when he won it, I was like, "Awesome, Drew McIntyre, main event, I'm I'm all for it." And uh, and then he eliminated Brock early on, who kind of ran through the Rumble Edge return, which was an awesome deal. This year, like as soon as Brock came out, you're like, "Okay, that's that's the finish," you know. But like I, I'd heard rumor, I guess they were possibly going to put Matt Riddle over, which I was like, "Okay, well that's interesting." Um, and and then I heard Orton maybe, but again, they've done that with Orton a few times, so I don't know. This year it felt like there was no huge star booked where you thought. Oh, it could be him. Oh, it could be him. Oh, You know, like it, It they took away a lot of that. Like they had a lot of tag teams in it. So I don't know. It just felt, it felt a little lackluster to me.
1: Uh, to me, like, <clears throat> I think very important. What you said was they elevated drew a couple years ago. And I think right. Brock did a great job of that. Right. Cause he was yeah. just mowing through everybody. Then they used him to kind of elevate drew. And that's kind of what shot him up. I feel like they could have done that this year as riddle. If that was the plan. To think me, like that would have made sense. Brock come in, everyone's initial thought, oh fuck, here we go, we know Brock's gonna win, and then he doesn't. From someone who's been talking shit at him for a mm-hmm. lot number of years, I thought would have been a really cool story, but who knows why they do what they do. I Looks like they're gonna be heading what Roman Brock again at WrestleMania. So, I do Which- love this version of Brock, or the Brock, or the Brock, Brock, <laughs> but... You know, I to me he's he's the most unintentionally funny guy in wrestling right now, and I think it's like the most hilarious kind of funny. So I enjoy it. It, I I don't watch much WWE, but I when Lesnar's involved, I will kind of jump back in. I'm that guy. So
0: yeah, I I get it. And and Brock's box office. I don't anyone even if you're not a Brock fan, you can't deny the fact that the dude's big money. I mean, anywhere he goes and like you said with elevating drew i thought that that was such an interesting rumble because when he he eliminated like 10 or 12 people something like that like in a row like back to back i remember thinking like oh my god they're gonna literally have this guy run the entire rumble match and no one like the ring never even fills up it was and, so new right and at the time i was like i don't like this after watching it back i was like this is a really cool story and and then the ring kind of filled up an edge return you're like holy crap and 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 then you know Drew got the, the the win there at the end, which I thought was great. I'm also I'm a big fan of when they do unique eliminations. I think that's mm-hmm. something we don't see a lot. Like I remember the 2020 Rumble again. Back to that one with the Edge. He's holding on to the rope, and Roman is like chop blocking his hands, trying to get him to break free. And I'm like, that's a cool way to eliminate a guy. Like it's because you know just throwing a guy over the top is kind of okay. We've seen that before. Do something unique. Do something different that we don't always see. I think that's a that's a fun thing
1: mm-hmm yeah i saw that it's very unfortunate they messed up the kofi spot this year
0: yeah it was well, like dan Geyer told me he saw him perfect that three or four times oh. and and uh i'm like yeah but i mean that's kind of the whole thing about it right like he's nailed it so many years in a row like it was bound to catch up with him at some point
1: as someone as someone who's worked in the business uh what, what was your first thought when you saw that
0: they did they made the right call like they I, i'm glad they didn't let him back in when clearly he touched you right know, like sometimes it has to be a shoot you know and i think they made the right call but like, oh, i'm sorry you're out but it sucks i was actually an extra at the 2012 rumble which was also in st louis and i remember watching him practice the handstand where he kind of oh, walked yeah, backwards yeah. and then put his feet on the stairs And i was like Oh man, if he's able to pull that off, that'll be cool. And of course he did, which was super fun. So I don't know. I think the rumble is, that's the interesting thing about it is trying to find, like, if I was going to book one of these, like it's on a grand stage is how can we make this different? Because they've, they've had so many now, like 30 plus, what can we do to be a little bit different? That's never been done before. That's why I love the 97 rumble, well, rumble, excuse me, where Austin got eliminated And the refs didn't see it like that's such a good finish because he looks around. No one saw me. He slides back in. Then he wins the thing. Bret Hart was turning heel. He goes nuts and starts screaming at Vince. And and Jim Ross was like, well, you threw him out. We saw it. Like, what do you want us to do? Like, it was such a cool story because you're like, oh, Bret's being an asshole. But he absolutely has validation to be an asshole because he did throw him out, you know. So I, I thought that was a fun finish.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, before we get started, we always like to ask our guests, January 29th, 2006, when this uh, Royal Rumble took place, what was Brian Breaker up to?
0: Yeah, I, I was, uh, well, let's see, I was two years out of high school, or about a year and a half out of high school. I was in that post-teenager, adult, like, but not quite an adult phase, where I didn't know really what I was doing with my life, hadn't really pursued pursued pro wrestling yet, so... I was probably working a
2: full-time job, living at home, doing nothing
0: at this point. Barry, yeah, what were, were you up
2: to? I uh, just graduated college at that point in my career with a business administration degree. There you go. And I don't think I've used it a day since. So, I mean, what a, what a turn of events. I
1: was uh, 25, about to be 26 years old. I was living in New Philadelphia, Ohio, one-bedroom apartment, uh, (laughs) bartending, living the nightlife. Not watching a lot of wrestling at the time. A lot of things going on, but it was uh, very fun. It was pre-Rachel, pre-marketing director, so it was a
2: Breakers dog even knew that was that was going somewhere. He knew that was bad business.
0: Yeah, and, she, and I have headphones on, so she's not hearing any of this. But she, uh, she'll probably pop in on the screen at some point. I was trying to get her to calm down. Would you act like a normal dog and not like such a knucklehead?
1: This Maybe? podcast is no stranger to dog run-ins. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we got it Roll room in 2006. We got it at 48 minutes. So if you guys need to pause it, pause it, stop us, do what you got to do. But we are going to go ahead and we're going to do a countdown again to get into this. I will do a three, two, one. I'll say the P word. Uh, three, two, one, play. And like I said, we are, this is January 29, 2006. We are at the American Airlines Arena in Miami, Florida, where the Heat play. Uh, the last event was, was New Year's Revolution. The next event will be No Way Out. So that was kind of the in-between pay-per-view then, back then between Rumble and uh, WrestleMania. All right, we'll going j- jump right into it here. We have the Spirit Squad coming out. Uh, Breaker, I'm sure you're watching Russell this time. What was going on?
0: Like with the Spirit Squad or just in general? Just in general. <laughs> just in general. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like this is that period of time where I was still like a super fan, I guess, because I, I was like bought into everything WWE did at this point. And... Um, this one of the the spirit squad was interesting because i was just like well oh, it's cool all these young guys got called up but it's like even then i think like this is not good in fact um a guy that's in this match uh, a good friend of mine trevor murdoch told me a story where dean malenko was on vince's private jet and they were flying somewhere and he told him he goes vince I don't think you're going to get over a group of male cheerleaders. And Vince looked him dead in the eye and he goes, watch me. <laughs> and for a few months, these guys were in the middle of everything. And then they kind of dropped them off the face of the earth and uh good on Ziggler for, uh, being able to kind of make a career out of that.
1: So this would be one of the things where like I would pop into raw and pop in and out Not really I was kind of watching Not really watching at all But I would turn on And I remember seeing The Spirit Squad And I'm being like What the fuck is going on here You know what right. I mean Just some of that Every once in a while Just some WWE, just some WWE goofy shit That just has happened Over the years That's to continue Not all I'm not the slam WWE But They will They listen They will try new fucking things And this is a perfect example of it
0: And that's got to be Like one of the worst feelings If you're a guy In developmental Who's Busting your ass and they tell you, like, hey, we got an opportunity for you. And bam, you're in the spirit squad. It's just like, oh, Like, I don't know if you guys know this. Barry, you probably have heard this before, I'm sure. But uh, Edge has said in interviews that he uh, he and Val Venus were actually supposed to be the, the new Midnight Express. They were going to be adorable Adam and sensual Sean. <laughs> and, he, and he was like, God, that's horrible. It's like anything with the word new in it is usually not going to work. Right. And they and he kind of passed on it, but they were kind of looking at him like, well, who are you to pass on this? And because, um, you know, he's not an, he's not even edge yet. He's just Adam Copeland. And then right. eventually he becomes edge and makes it work for himself. But that's sometimes a problem. You pass on a on a gimmick and then like he's not a Hall of Famer. If he was adorable, Adam, you know, he's there for a cup of coffee and then probably never seen again. So sometimes he, I think when- he bet on himself. Right, and and sometimes that's a that can be the problem. You bet on yourself, and you don't know what's going to happen here.
1: Nobody wants to be a red rooster. Exactly. Huh. Exactly. And here we have Lillian Garcia out doing her thing. Uh, ring announcers Tony Schimmel, Lillian Garcia. Commentators we got Michael Cole, Jerry Lawler, Joey Styles, Taz, Carlos Cabrera, Hugo Savinovich. Interviewers Todd Gristman, Josh Matthews. Referees Mike Kiota, Mickey Hansen, Chris K, Jimmy Corderas, Nick Patrick. And Lil Nays Charles Robinson,
0: love it. I actually really like this Royal Rumble set, like the doors. That's kind of a fun thing. Yeah. Oh.
1: Here we have number one. We got Triple H coming out. He's looking not his best we've ever seen physically here.
0: This is um this is in the middle of Triple H. Let's make a family. Yeah. Right here.
2: And I do not blame this young man One bit <laughs> no, no, <I>
1: don't know. <laughs> Plant that seed son Right Absolutely. He's like billion
2: dollars is on the line right here <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't fail don't me now
0: Yeah we, we need to give the We need to give that old man some grandkids <laughs> yep. Big time I was actually uh, One time I was an extra um, There and Barotus Clay was just starting to do the Funkosaurus thing Where he was like you know and like they did a whole entrance with Triple H's daughters and Brodus Clay dancing, just so Vince could see it. And I was just like, "This is, this is interesting." Like just seeing that all take place, I guess, because they were like in the middle of rehearsal and they stopped everything just so he could watch his granddaughters dance in the ring. Guess if you're head of the billion-dollar company, you can kind of do whatever you want.
1: Right? You can do it. You can it, you do it, right? Yeah. I can't say I wouldn't do the same thing for my daughter. If I had the, if I had the power, I mean, yeah. What's Bruce going to say? No. Exactly. Breaker, uh, you, you a Triple H fan?
0: Uh, yeah, I am. Um, I, I like I like him as a performer. I thought he was a cool guy to to work for. I thought when he ran NXT, he was. anytime I talked to him, he was very upfront, and I I I always got the impression like it, he when I was there, I wasn't in the position where I could just like hit him up but when we did tv he was very open to talk to and pretty available so yeah i'm a a big triple h fan
1: he's got the button chops here
0: yeah the the harley you know that's what harley rocked
1: as we wait on number two i feel like we could like probably speed this up just a little bit They're really drawing out this number two, but of course they should because it's for Ray, right?
0: Right. And they may that may be like uh, getting that car ready because yeah, that I mean, I don't I, I don't know. I would I would hate to have to organize like a a, a low rider that you could drive on the set every week. That would have been such a pain.
1: Here's Ray hitting the switches,
2: and he can I barely see over the steering wheel. <laughs>
0: I got a question for you guys this is kind of a random one but at this point the whole story was like Ray's winning this for Eddie did that in any way kind of rub you guys the wrong way because it did for me a little bit where it felt a little it felt a little wrong I guess
1: I can see where it felt really contrived
0: yeah like I mean kind uh,
1: (laughs) kind of generic a little bit but I think for me at the time like I just see somebody out there trying to like this dude misses his best friend, man.
0: Right, right.
1: I can't imagine like what is possibly like knock on wood. I've never lost like a, a someone my age. I mean, I can't imagine. You know, so the fact that he still carries it with him every day, like he does. I can see what you're talking. I can see what you're talking about, right? But for me, it's just really hard to get past the like, yeah, this guy's out here for his boy, and he's probably out here with a heavy fucking heart.
0: Well, and and Trevor actually told me. When they did rehearsal and everything, like Orton was going over, like he was winning, and and so I guess either they kept that kind of hush hush or whatever. But it kind—I don't know. Like part of that was like, man, if if Ray doesn't win, like that's like uh, you know, it, it's it's cringy almost to me. And that was just my thing because I know they did a promo with him and Orton where he was like, you know, Eddie's not in heaven, Eddie's in hell. Yeah. And it's just like, good God, man, like and. and Eddie has young kids at this time. He has a widow, and I mean, she eventually got in the business. But it felt like this is more than a wrestling storyline. This is like a you know, guy really passed away. I don't know. I just parts of it felt a little, a little off to me, I guess. But that's the wrestling business, right? There's a lot of cringy in wrestling.
1: So like you didn't. And this is not me subscribing to it. This is, we hear a lot of people say that is like, well, I've probably said it before too. not, I, I don't know shit and shit. I'll be the first one to say that. Is that something you think that like Eddie would have wanted that makes it okay? Or that's just something they say to make themselves feel
0: better when they do it. Yeah, I, well, yeah, right. I think they say that to make themselves feel better. Like, well, I know, um, Taker said in a documentary when they did that angle with CM Punk holding the urn yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And, he, and he's like, Oh, Paul would have loved this. And I'm like, sure. Do his kids love it? Cause I, they didn't, you know, like that's the part that's like, you know like they were not a fan of that they like they, they expressed that they didn't like that did his wife like that i don't know because yeah percy pringle is guy was in pro wrestling for decades would he love to be the center of a wrestlemania top match of course how do his family feel do they feel gypped by that i, I don't know like
2: that's i think sometimes the problem with pro wrestling is blurring those lines too much i agree with that and there's always the Some of these guys, that's all they've ever done. That's all they know. And the Guerreros are a wrestling family. And I can only imagine how many guys had passed away in the 60s, 70s, you know, when Chavo Sr. And Hector and Mondo and all those guys were wrestling. So I think Eddie would have been okay with it. I mean, and Eddie, if it would have been Ray, I guarantee you Eddie would have done the same thing. Right. I'd almost bet on it. So... Yeah. I I I wasn't rubbed the wrong way. We got Nova coming out here. Simon Simon D. D. (laughs) What
0: Dude, I I actually like that character didn't get a lot of love, but I loved the infomercial like vignettes (laughs) that he had. So good.
1: He had this was that a segue coming out of the ring? Yeah. It's
0: pretty sweet. and it's a, a little forgotten detail. I love the watch outside the wrist tape.
1: <laughs> no. I'm always a fan so, of so putting your stupid. picture of yourself on your gear at some point. So the fact that he's got a big picture of himself on his back, amazing. Yeah. Just completely clueless narcissist. That's
2: crazy. oh yeah.
1: Triple H just lays him the fuck out.
2: Yeah. And how many times during this rumble is Ray gonna get almost eliminated? Because he's the smallest guy. He you know he always is right on the verge.
1: <clears throat> so this is maybe one of the things where, like, as Simon Dean gets thrown out, he lasted for 45 seconds, and he got thrown out by Ray and Triple H. This is one of the things where, like, may, I think maybe Ray's size, maybe, like, he, it helps his watchability. He's able to do more things. He's able to almost get eliminated. He's able to hang from the ropes. He's able to skin the cat. He's able right. to do the hurricane. The, the the What I always liked about him in the Rumbles was the uh, creative ways he tossed people out with the Hurricane rods and things like that. Like, mm-hmm. he always found a way. It was always so creative.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. And and I think that's the the thing about these type of matches is because there's always that. Well, like, I, I was telling Bane this. I thought that was a, a really weird thing that they didn't put Dewdrop in the Rumble this year. They gave her the title match because I was like, they didn't really have that one big person, because it's always like the story, right? Who's going to throw Rikishi over the top rope? Who's going to throw Big Show over the top rope? And I was like, I kind of feel like they kind of missed the boat there. They could have kind of had her have a like a breakout moment in the Rumble where she you know, tossed a bunch of people out. Because that match with Becky Lynch, in my opinion, didn't do a lot for her.
1: It didn't do a lot for her. I'm going to say something, and I don't mean this to be insensitive at all, and this is going to sound shitty, but I actually mean it as a compliment or maybe what she was told to do. I've obviously watched a lot of early WWF, and – she worked almost just like Earthquake.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it was legitimately like, like that, uh, like the senton where they kept replaying. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. It had that legitimate factor of like, she could win this. And, and I, I, to me, like, I'm a, I'm a big believer in pro wrestling is you need all shapes and sizes. You know, like, mm-hmm. Rey, Rey Mysterio doesn't look short unless he's next to a giant. And, and so like that, and that, You know, factor like a guy like that Omos or, you know, Greg Holly, they have a spot because there's always that, you know, picture of like one guy way up here, one guy way down there. And so I know there for a a while, like this era, too, where they were only like going after guys that are like six, three. And I'm like, if you have all guys that are six, three, no one's tall, no one's short. Like you need as many different types of as of performers as possible.
1: Hurricane Rada psychosis out made by Ray. He was in for yeah. a minute fifteen. Uh, Barry, what do you think about the Dude Drop Becky Lynch match? Because that was something I kind of want to talk about. I have a couple of yeah. opinions.
2: I, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was okay, but they're just everything's Becky Lynch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like Breaker said, is elevation. Like you're you're wanting to s- speak in elevation. I'm Nature swear. boy. This
0: well, man. I I think Speaking also that
2: seventh divorce breaker. <laughs> <laughs>
0: i saw i saw a tweet that said ladies
2: start growing out the bush flares back on the market <laughs> the only problem with that is most of the bush is gray and silver now that want the nature uh,
0: no hair no flare um i i do think one thing that hurt becky lynch and Dude drop those that wrestlemania sign was on fire and yeah. so they were evacuating people and stuff and because i know there was periods of the match where the crowd was not reacting Right. And so they 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 had an uphill battle for sure.
1: For me, that match felt very clunky, and it did. I have a history of being critical of Becky Lynch. I I for just the level of performer she is, as far as like the promotion, the promos, things like that. I've always found her ring work to be a bit clunky. I think that like she needs to be in there. All her great matches are either with Sasha or Charlotte. Or
2: Charlotte Flair. You,
1: you know, yep. so she's not one to really elevate. There's that word again. Someone like Dewdrop, you know, the story was like basically drop size and how is Becky going to work around that. And I thought that Becky right. isn't quite the tier athlete to be able to do those things. It's like a Charlotte or a Sasha Banks or, sorry, Barry, or Ronda Rousey. Ronda well, Rousey there's... cannot work either. So <laughs> Ronda Rousey can work.
2: She cannot work. She can be led around. She can be led around. That's good enough. <laughs> well, I guess. well her mma power allows her to get away with shit that normal women would not
1: which is obviously some barry's gonna turn into some kind of detriment to her
2: <laughs> like, she, <laughs> she has doesn't like too to much get hit. Of, she
1: has too much ability to make up for how raw she is and barry sees that as a slight to her somehow
2: no, I'm saying she's, she's <laughs> she
1: accidentally hits home runs sometimes. Here comes well, here comes well, big show. Well
2: again, look who she's hit home runs with. Name those name those people, brother. I'm sa-
1: I'm, I know, I know, she's the <laughs> same not, ones she's back. She's not a lifelong chat. she's not a lifelong trained performer.
2: She's I new agree. to
1: this business. And the fact that she does as well as she does.
2: Off her name.
1: I, all for name. We, here we go, Breaker. Here we go. This is, this happens all the fucking time.
0: As soon as <laughs> I, I mean, if I could throw my opinion, I don't think Rhonda is, like, great, great, but I exactly. think she I think she's adapted relatively well for basically no experience. That's the problem that's with her, her is they've, they've tried to teach her on the fly, and that's not the easiest thing in the world to do either. The Royal I Rumble, think I, think, I think, kind of exposed her a bit, because if you watched her in there, she was a little lost. But she also hasn't been in the ring in, like, what, a year and a half or something? So... I think yeah I don't know like I think if if she had like regular time in the ring she would be a lot more like a um a shade of Baszler you know yeah at this point but you know she's also she has such a a big name as far as female athletes so Right yeah.
1: We got big show out here at 6 he's just kind of basically just beating the shit out of Triple H and
0: Rey Mysterio without eliminating anybody Dude, Big Show is huge here. Like, I think yeah, we forget yeah. how much weight he's lost. Like, he's, like, enormous in this one.
1: Yeah, I also don't know the, the idea of, like, body slamming people in the middle of the ring, what that's going to do for him here. When he's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I've never been in these matches. They have to be. I mean, they got to be difficult. I can only match
0: Well, you have to assume, like, any time I've been in a match, nothing goes exactly right. There's no way... These like go how they're supposed to go ever. Here comes coach.
1: Jonathan Coachman out number seven. He actually won a uh qualifying match. He beat, I want to say he beat Jerry Lawler for a qualifying match to be in this.
0: Sounds about right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he did on the January twenty third episode of Raw. So the previous Raw, he beat Lawler to be in this. Man, they just, they just keep Lawler out of this stuff.
2: But but a point Eric made earlier talking about Ray is like his creativity in throwing guys out and doing things. Mm-hmm. If you have never seen, God that was Ray, awful. Yeah, Coaches out after thirty seconds. If you have never seen uh, Ray pre like knee blowouts and shit like that, I mean it is unreal. Oh like, yeah, he was amazing. And Ray still is, but.
0: Ray can do something that a lot of guys his size can't do. And he can carry people, which yeah. is not easy to do when you're in the position of the guy that's getting thrown around, like, ha- like telling guys like here, pick me up this way. I can do this. Or like he's very good at carry guys, which I think is, I don't know. Wrestling's all, all wrestling is, is skill sets. And like, you're talking about Becky Lynch earlier, and maybe she's not the right person to, to carry people. That's, that's a skill set. That's why I think made Flair so good. It wasn't that he was like the most athletic guy in the world, but he could carry anybody to a good match almost always. And so, um, I don't know, everyone's marketable in different ways, right? Like Triple H is really good at carrying guys. And then, you know, Big Show obviously is a monster and and became a – and honestly, I think Big Show doesn't quite get the credit he deserves for as big as he was some of the things he could pull off. no. Like, yeah. Especially considering guys like Andre and stuff like that, how limited they became when they got older.
2: Getting up for the jackhammer for Bill Goldberg.
0: Absolutely. Taking,
2: taking the perfect plex. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, didn't he do like a, a top rope drop kick
0: one time in WCW? Yeah. Like I so, yeah. I mean, that's there's no way.
1: Here comes Bobby Lashley, who looks exactly like he does now.
0: Yeah. I mean, exactly. Bobby- exactly. Bobby Lashley looks to me like a He-Man action figure in real life. Physique-wise, he is just—it's almost like they put an air pump to him and, and and blew him up right before he walked out. Dude has an unreal physique.
1: I feel like sometimes you see dudes that are like they're athletic—they're so athletic that when they show athleticism, it's like almost scary. Yeah. I feel like you see—I feel like you see that with Brock a lot. Whenever yeah. he did the obstacle course on Raw with Sami Zayn. He did it insanely fast. I was like, "This guy's a scary athlete."
0: Yeah,
1: like, a scary athlete. I can't believe nobody in this country. I'm sure he played football at some point, but he was more yeah. of an amateur wrestler and things like that. He's more into combat sports, but right, man, he would be like, "This dude looks like he was doing what Aaron Donald's doing in the league right, right now and just maul people."
0: Well, and they they kind of touched on the Rumble this weekend about his MMA success that I think kind of gets forgotten about that he was undefeated in bellator i forgot about that you know so it's i don't know he's just one of those guys i think when he left wwe like because he was only there a couple of years the first time and i don't know it's almost like we kind of kind of forget some of that here comes maskless Kane. what did you guys think of when he took the mask off like i thought that was such a cool moment um you with know, the black he's... stripes down his face like yeah a... like the weird haircut and stuff um, uh, I don't know like I guess he was supposed to keep that weird haircut but he's like I can't walk out in public like this So,
1: <laughs> I actually liked it you know I'm I'm sure at the time I was like this is different you're not really sure yeah. but I mean he's so good there's another combination of Kane that I mean he was able to pull off and just add to the layers of the character I thought it was it turned out great
0: I thought oh yeah
1: It kind of peeled back the layer a little bit, and then you could, you know, that evolved into, you okay, you've seen the guy without the mask, you kind of do the split personality thing if you want. You had corporate Kane eventually later on, and that's, you know, I think it's all good stuff. I've always, always been a Kane fan.
0: Yeah, I remember I loved his early on incarnation when he was almost like Michael Myers, you know, Like, Mm -hmm. like straight up felt like a horror movie villain or something. I don't know. I've always thought that was such a cool character, especially like early on. He was just coming out and attacking people, not really in matches, just beating people up. And just like, dude, this dude's like legit scary. <laughs> did, uh, did you get the Ultimate Edition figure? No, I didn't. I, I did see that today though. It has the cape. I thought that was kind of fun. Really dope. I haven't I was, actually uh, bought any of the Ultimates yet, but I don't know. I kind of, I kind of want to get them. Did you hear about the AEW doing their own Ultimate line, like Supreme? I, did, I guess. It. Yeah. Oh. Um, do you hear the retail on those are going to be forty two ninety nine? dollars Really? Still. Yeah. yeah. And apparently, uh, someone told me they leaked a list. Wave two is going to be Malachi Black and Kenny Omega. I'm like, man, Malachi's probably going to have the big antlers or yeah. something, which, I mean, that'll be fun. Sylvain, I haven't seen this guy forever.
2: Gronier.
0: Yep. yep. Somebody's he's like a model right like sylvan the european model or something
1: right who thought the arm tassels was a good idea so we do we just I, we just put arm tassels on guys with biceps i,
0: I mean I, unless unless you're like lawyer, you feel like you're god
1: lastly <laughs> that could have been so badly dude, you guys if you guys aren't on the watch long, if you want to go back to see a moment, of this watch Lashley just throw Sylvan about eight feet in the air. That
0: <laughs> and looks dude, Sylvan's not a sm— he's not a small no. guy.
1: He lasted eighteen seconds. Enjoy that Lashley's payday, done. brother. Yeah, eliminated by Big Show and Kane. Oh,
0: see, I think I think they could have they could have actually pushed Lashley on this one and kind of you know given him a little bit more than they did. He was big Show's really be, up big show has got be
1: four fifty
2: here,
0: oh dude, yeah, five
2: he's over five. See five bills? oh yeah,
0: he's sweating straight gravy,
2: and he's he's got a belly on him here. <laughs> <laughs> you ever Back seen a video where the fan harasses him at the bar? no, no. who hara- why why would you harass the seven Knocks Fox this dude fucking slap out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Look it, it's on YouTube, and I'm it's when he's at WCW. Right so he's like young athletic, and he he talked about it before. He's like, you know, I told the guy like leave me alone, like I'm chilling. Dude, start. I think the dude touched him or something, and you just see like this, and the dude disappears.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Like if I was gonna if I was gonna bully someone, I wouldn't go to the guy that you know could eat me whole.
2: Right, so, that's that's like the people that fuck with Haku, and it's like, why do that?
0: Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I bit that last guy's nose off. Maybe I'll leave this guy alone. I don't know. Yeah. Carlita. <laughs> Dude, remember that rumble he came back? I think it was last year, and he was all jacked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I kind of thought he was going to get a second run. I guess that didn't happen.
1: I'm watching the bar fight right now actually.
2: See I knew that'd get Eric fucking going.
1: Very <laughs> grainy. Yep. Well it's
2: there's like 90s. there's 90... a guy
1: that got, the guy that yeah. got punched. He <laughs> just looks like some dude in Portsmouth hanging out pats. Yep. I'm watching like the news the news article. I don't know if they show him punching him.
2: Oh yeah, you see like a spin, like he turns around and drills the dude.
1: Oh, there it is. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> want to take that. No way. <laughs> no, no way at all. Oh, they showed a replay. He went, yep. That's, that's dead dude. weight went Downbreaker. That was not, you're not signed to take that fist to the face. I
0: gamer. believe it. Remember, at one point, Big Show was trained to be a boxer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess he, he stopped because <laughs> no one wanted to fight him. I'm like, well, yeah, of course not. Seven foot tall.
1: And we see, I'm sorry, I missed Carlito coming out, the real Divas champion.
0: Good old poke to the eye from Triple H. Classic.
1: Still, you still got one and two in here, obviously. If you're watching yeah. this, if you're listening, doing the watch long, Chainsaw, you've probably seen this already, but humorous. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and you'll see the young man out there in the wife beater staying at It's up a tank top, Barry. It's blue, red tank top. Well, it's yellow because he hasn't <laughs> oh, bathed sure. in two weeks.
1: Here we got Chris Benoit coming out. Some loud it's... reaction, big reaction here.
0: Yeah, you know, kind of crazy to think this is like a year before all that stuff went down, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Are, are you still... somebody that can watch these matches, or is it like a no go for you?
0: No, I was actually gonna say that it's I can like in this and and try to look past like personal stuff, I guess, but still weird. You know, it's still like. It's it'll, He'll always have that asterisk by his name, where it's like, was he a great performer? Absolutely. It just, I, and I don't know the specifics. Like, did he lose his mind? Did he go crazy? Did, I, it's who knows. I don't think anyone will ever know. But it's just, it's weird because anytime you see him, that's always what we think. It's the, the first way. thing. Yeah, yeah. It just, it's a, I don't know. It's a weird thing.
2: Did you did you watch the Dark Side of the Ring episode on that?
0: Oh yeah, for sure. You know. Well, and, and I remember seeing um a lot of that in you know he, the weird text that he sent to Chavo about the dogs are outside or something. Oh. It it's like, wait, what? Like what what is going on here? But
2: Well Bob Holly says he was supposed to like be there that night.
0: See, and I've heard that too, and and I'd also heard a, a story and they didn't say this on the episode, but someone had told me that he actually came and did one live event then said i need to go home i need to take care of something okay well can you be back by the pay-per-view and he was like yeah i'll be back by the pay-per-view like yeah no problem you can miss a couple of live events and then of course that all happened so i'm like did something trigger him to go home you know like what was there something that still is not discovered i don't know like that's the part that's weird like he (laughs) I
1: think it's impossible for us to put ourselves in his headspace. Right. That's, right. That's impossible. It's just when horrible, horrible, shitty things happen. And yeah. I can't watch his matches. I mean, I, I, that's just me because I can't get past. That's yeah. all I think about when I see. Him. You
2: know, yeah. and, I well, know. and they say like. The deaths were like day apart days. So you're yeah. sleeping in that house. It's well, sick. right, because his son died
0: the day after his mom, so did his son know about it? I mean,
2: it's, it's, it's... Yeah, like yeah. weird
0: shit, you know? Yeah. yeah, and then apparently some of the texts he sent out, like, they were already dead. That's, yeah. I mean, it's I don't know, just bizarre stuff, man. And that's the... And I know his his son, David, has kind of gotten black balls from WWE, Yeah, and that sucks because... That kid didn't do anything wrong. It's not his right. fault. He he resembles his
2: dad. It's just looks like just like just it. yeah. Like, I mean, and, you see him, you're like, I know who your dad is.
0: Right, and th- and that's and that sucks because it's like he had nothing to do with it, and and he'll always kind of have that asterisk by his name as well.
1: Always forget Why about it's... this Booker T came out thirteen. Gets eliminated by Benoit. Booker T lasted 18 seconds. He's got Mizuno batting gloves on. Always one of my favorite (laughs) aspects of his gear. He always had nice batting gloves.
0: I think Booker was hurt during this. Didn't he have like a pulled groin, and that's why he was out so quickly? Yeah.
1: Also, I don't understand how anybody works in batting gloves with that sweat and stuff like that. Uh, That seems like like AJ and stuff. I mean, yeah. I can see the receivers' gloves, the NFL receivers' gloves they use. Yeah. But, the, the like, the slick batting gloves. that You played baseball growing up. I have no sure. idea. You, you worked. I have no idea. Those things get wet, man. They get slick as hell.
0: Yeah,
2: I don't know. Well, speaking of Booker T and Benoit, I mean, the best of, what, seven? Turned into, like, the best of 11 in WCW for the TV title. Right. I mean, those were classics. Absolutely. And <laughs> you have... I mean, and just think of the career that Benoit's son would have with that name recognition. Eric is throwing on the uh, three-dollar batting gloves. <laughs>
0: I love it.
1: I got new pairs. I got two new pairs of batting gloves, breaker. They were three
2: dollars uh, at the store.
0: They were tw- they were
1: thirty dollars. Thirty dollars marked down to three. They were ninety percent off.
0: Nice. Yeah, I don't. I, I never thought about that, but yeah, batting gloves would get sweaty. I don't know. I don't know how he would wrestle on him.
1: Here comes Joey Mercury. He uh, came out with Molina.
0: One of my one of my coaches in NXT, right there.
1: Okay.
2: Okay.
0: Very sharp mind, mind for the, the base. Yes, he did. Very sharp mind for the business. Kind of, uh, I don't know. Like I don't know what he's doing now. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but very very sharp mind.
1: Pretty documented that he had his ups and downs with some demons he battled. I hope, I hope to God he's doing well. It seems like he was trending in the right direction the last his last few years of WWE. I don't know if it was a budget cut thing. Who knows? But yeah, Yeah. I mean, but that's the one thing I feel like every time I've ever heard his name is everything you just said. You know, very sharp mind for the business, a lot of respect for him, yada yada yada. So
0: I I I remember him being very like unintentionally funny and. And it would make me laugh. And then he, he but he was also the type of guy that like if he's teaching and you just look off to your right, he's like, Oh, am I boring you? <laughs> it's like <laughs> like no, I'm just I looked off for half a second. Like, yeah. I don't know. He, Big eye contact he's guy. Very hard guy to read, honestly. Now is um,
2: he is he the guy and I, I heard the story, he told the story actually. Like he was in a shit spot, like losing everything. Yeah, and CM Punk I think said like what's like what and he was like no I got you and like bought his house yeah literally yeah. bought his house. Yeah, CM so I, I Punk
1: see. documentary. Yeah.
0: I, I have no, I, I'm not sure if this is legit, but I've heard that Tatanka, look at that,
2: the Native American. <laughs> <I>, Tatanka.
0: Uh, <laughs> I had heard when Punk left because I think. Mercury was doing that J and J security gig at the time. Yeah, I had heard he kind of told him like, "Hey, I can't talk to you anymore," and like that pissed Punk off pretty bad. And I don't know that to be fact. That's just a rumor that I'd heard. And I don't know. And that's that's a tough thing because I mean he still has to have his job, and there's obviously heat there with Punk in the company. But like, yeah, this guy bought your house, so. Yeah. (laughs) I mean,
1: that's petty as fuck, though. You can't talk to him.
0: You know, right I, I mean I don't know I would be the type Where I wouldn't I mean It's a job I'm not gonna let somebody Tell me what I can Or can't do You know Right
1: You had Adam Cole Hanging out at AEW Every week When right. he was working In NXT you know? right.
0: <laughs> right Right
1: But yeah There's a lot A lot A lot A lot Of bad blood There man It's fucking Mm-hmm. I you know I guess they say Always You know They always say Never say never But I think That's one thing We can probably safely never saying that's never happening
0: that'll never happen again i would be very very shocked if that ever took place but no. yeah i mean who knows
1: i'm very curious down the road because i do think that like eventually we will see like jericho in the wwe hall of fame we will see possibly daniel bryan in the wwe hall of fame i oh, think yeah. that we could see the shield in the hall of fame you know so edging and edging christian in as a tag team yet
0: I don't think they are, no.
1: That's another one, you know? So, yeah. And people have screamed for Christian by himself for years.
0: He should have been. Yeah, there's no reason why he shouldn't have, but...
1: It was Johnny Nitro out with Melina again. She's probably going to go back and holler at Batista.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I, I again, I'm friends with Trevor Murdoch. I heard all about that. <sighs> that back is... <laughs> so is that why he
1: got fired or kind of like... For those who don't know, I guess the correct me if I'm wrong, the story goes that Batista and Molina were friends, and Johnny Nitro was dating Molina, and right. basically she's like, "Hey, I want to, I want to fuck Batista or something like that." I think it was like, and he let them. And he said, "Yeah, you can go ahead and do what you need to do or whatever."
0: I don't know about that, or he just pretend. I mean, it's one of those weird things. Like Johnny Nitro is where he's at on the card. Batista is where he's at on the card, from what I understand. Um he was very well known amongst the locker room, but he didn't know. Oh. And that's one of those things where it's like, well, of course he knew, but maybe he didn't wanna say anything. And I had heard that you know, Vince is a very he's very like a man's man type of guy. And so if you're not going to confront someone, he's like, Oh, that guy's not a real man type of thing. That was that was the uh that was what I heard and that's kind of what derailed his push at the time but it's hard to say i know i i know several i had heard several comments were made that he had to have heard obviously but i mean you know similar thing like um, speaking you know, of there here he comes murdoch number 17
2: big yeah. big fan of his as well
0: yeah nwa champion right now <laughs> yes um Back to what I was saying, though, like, um, I think sometimes like Chris Candido, there was a similar thing with like Sonny possibly hooking up with Sean and other people. And obviously he probably knew about it, um, although he didn't. You know, it's that weird.
2: He didn't want to know about it.
0: Bingo. Yeah.
2: Coming to the realization. Yeah. I would. I, have... Let me ask you this about. Murdoch. Ahead, I'm sorry. Who named who named who named him?
0: So he was going by Trevor Rhodes. That's a nice save there from Ray. He was going by Trevor Rhodes when he was in WLW. And uh, when he got signed, he actually, believe it or not, a, a guy that helped him get signed was Chris Benoit. And he um, he's told me that he he was doing some stuff in the ring. And they're like, man, you really can sell. And so he started doing his Japanese like stretches. And Benoit recognized it. You've been to Japan? Yes, sir. I've been to the dojo twice or whatever. So, okay. It Helped him get a dark match and I guess Arn's like, man, the way you can sell, man, you might have just got yourself a job. And, and, and they ended up offering him a deal a few weeks later. And at the time Lance Cade was getting repackaged for a cowboy type tag team. Uh, Kevin Thorne, Mordecai, was actually supposed to be his partner. Um, they had just signed Trevor and felt like he would be a, a better fit. So they did a couple of dark matches with Trevor and Lance. And they asked Lance, like, well, who do you want? And he goes, Trevor, like, it th- it works better. And so he actually ended up getting called up to the main roster within, like, three or four months. Like, didn't even go to OVW. So it was, it was a very, very short, like, time before, before he was like, – when he was on TV and stuff. So right place, right time, right there.
1: Here he is, tangling with uh, Eugene. Uh Barry, I don't know if I ever got you we were talking about too much Eugene on this podcast. What are your thoughts on
2: it? Nick Dinsmore. Yep. A, a dog over there in OVW. A hell of a worker. Um people you know, people kind of say, Oh, you know, kind of shit on this gimmick. I thought he he got it over at first. You know what I mean? He got it over and look, he made money. I mean that dude made money. He still goes out and makes money with that gimmick. So I you can't hate on Nick Densmore. Like, yeah, he can work. He can work. He's a hell of a worker. But that's his money right there. Is that gimmick? Yeah. Oh, well. I,
1: think the gimm- I think the gimmick's shit. I think it's insensitive. I think it's shit. I'm sorry.
2: Well, yeah, but he makes <laughs> it, it's money with it. I'm saying a lot of things in
1: this world that make money that are shit. So this not fucking but Just because it's profitable doesn't I mean
2: it's
1: good. I'm just for me it's like I don't know. I don't I don't I don't want to get up on a white horse here. I don't want to, but for me, it just feels insensitive. Here comes Animal, rest in peace.
0: Uh Barry, I gotta ask what are your thoughts on when they did the animal Heidenreich L O D tag team around this time?
2: Not a fan.
0: Me neither.
2: That was fucking shit. Yeah. <clears throat> but it- Hawk went and did the Power Warrior deal in Japan and shit. And I and they yeah. talked about that. And I think that pissed Animal off.
0: And and I think Animal was just trying to come in and get a payday here, but I don't know. Like to me, there's like there's always that one member of every tag team that we all kind of gravitate to. And I think I'm not stretching when I say it's, it's definitely Hawk, right? Right. That, that was the one that we always kind of gravitated to in that team. And so you take Hawk and someone else you're like, okay, you take animal on Heidenreich, which was as far from the, the right choices you could have possibly gone. I mean, I get why they went with him, big guy, you know, like okay, he could wear the paint and the Mohawk and it'd be all right, but just not, not good.
1: Animal's son. As actually playing a linebacker for Ohio State at this time,
2: and I hated him. <laughs> I still hate him. He this is play
0: played for the Rams for a minute, didn't he? He yeah. did
1: play for the Rams. Actually, the next year after this <laughs> I moved to uh, I moved to Columbus, the summer of 2007, and I got a job at the uh, Texas Roadhouse on nice. Bethel Road here in town. And actually, Marcus Freeman, who is now the current head head coach of Notre Dame. Used to work there right before I got there, and he was putting my oh, nice. back at Ohio State. So, him and James Lauren Nice used to come in a lot like, they'd wow. probably come in like once a week. So they're getting free food, free giant steaks, and basically all they could eat for free. Nice. And one time they brought in, uh, it was after a high state game. They it was Animal and Taz came with them. Oh, wow! And that was really That's cool. Awesome. I I I actually got the weight on him. Taz was a lot shorter than I thought he was going to be. He really. Was, <laughs> I mean, when I say 5'7", seven, maybe
2: he's yeah. he listed at five eight. I think that's it's, what they'd always list him at.
1: I mean, I was I would say five 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 six.
2: How? No, that's five, my guy.
1: I'm five, <laughs> I'm, five, I'm five eleven breaker, and I can show you yeah. a picture. He came to here on me. Yeah, he's right here
2: yeah that's i, mean, I don't he, know he was 248 solid he was <laughs> as
1: as, as wide as he was tall <laughs> in 2007 especially
0: Yeah, i bet yeah i i met taz once when he was a he was like an announcer still like a wwe like smackdown announcer or something and i remember thinking like man this dude is short but what's weird though when i was backstage it was weird some of the guys who were there goes animal Yep, he's going. Some of the guys that were taller than they appeared, and some of the guys that were shorter than they appeared. I always thought that was a, an interesting thing. I always that about X-Pac. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I could see that, because he's six foot tall, probably. I mean, but he always appeared so small when
2: he was one, two, three kid.
0: Right.
1: Barry, I'm sorry, I mean to interrupt you.
2: No, I was just gonna say, did you ever hear the the story of Taz and Dreamer? Almost getting into a fight in like some hotel with Green Day, the band. <laughs> no, but that would that be amazing. Is like a fucking hilarious. I guess they like couldn't sleep or some shit. And I guess Green Day came in drunk and just started mm. like going to town on whoever the the girl that was working, you know, I guess. Yeah. And I guess. Dreamer said some, some one of the two said something first and the green the lead singer's like you know who are you what the fuck are you gonna do or something and Taz is like who the fuck are you you know like and he's like shit get, went bad and then he goes I'm I'm in the hotel and the next day their song comes on I'm like that's the fucking guy <laughs> well
0: I, w- I wouldn't kn- I don't know the Green Day guy I, I mean I know I've seen his face but i don't know anything about him but i'm like that guy doesn't look tough i mean right and and taz is not a big guy but he's pretty salty you know so well
2: you got dreamer there too
0: and And, and dreamer's Dreamer's a big dude
2: yeah i think they would have been okay
0: (laughs) yeah definitely taz is probably as legit as they come especially at that time
1: we had rvd come out then we had orlando jordan come out so we are on number we are on number 22 here
0: what, did you guys like the uh, RVE airbrush singlets? You into those?
2: Yeah, I like I like his ring gear.
0: I did too. Did you ever hear that? I guess like when he first got to WWE, they told him not to wear that. And I'm like, no. I, I don't know. That would be like to me taking, I don't know, like Bam Bam Bigelow and say, yeah, no more flames. That's like that's like his biggest trademark. So yeah, I thought, I don't know. I thought that was a weird one. The Ring's ring pretty- is pretty really. I was getting ready to say, it's filling up here, yeah. This is where you have to be careful, especially stuff like that. You could easily fall on someone. You know, a lot of the guys are kind of hugging the ropes, the corners. Smart.
1: We'll try to go through here. We got Trevor Murdoch, Chris Benoit, Travo Guerrero, Eminem, uh, Rob Van Dam, Triple H, Ray Mysterio, Orlando Jordan, Eugene, Tatanka are all in the ring still. As Travo's hitting the... Uh, Three amigos for
2: Eddie.
0: Absolutely,
2: Not, it's crazy to me though. Like you said, Trevor was going by Trevor Rhodes. Just how much here he does, he looks like Dick Murdoch. <laughs> like he literally <laughs> looks like a a young Dick Murdoch.
0: And I thought they did something really smart here with with him, where they called him Trevor Murdoch, but they never actually said like He's Dick Murdoch's kid, things. right? They yeah. just they kind of let people assume, which I think is the smart thing to do.
1: Yep. I gotta ask you, and I know you've probably talked about it on your podcast and everything.
0: Mm-hmm. This is I can't this is hilarious. I can't believe i
1: Your first thought when you heard Braun Breaker <laughs> Well,
0: okay, so here's my first thought. Like the kid looks like he's money. I mean, I, I haven't seen him work much, but he looks like he's gonna be money. But why in the fuck wouldn't you just call him Bronson Steiner? Yeah. Like why why would you I mean, I thought like I'm friends with uh, Joe Hennig, too. And when he got called up and he was Michael McGillicuddy, he, oh. we were talking about it. and I was like, how how the fuck do you even spell that? I mean, like, it's not <laughs> it's not an appealing name. Curtis Axel, I got because it's like, you know, his dad was Kurt Hennig, Larry the Accenting, It's OK. right? That, that's fine. But but he wanted to be Joe Hennig in. OK, like, why aren't you just so I, I this kid's Twitter, I think it even says Bronson Steiner on there. So why don't you just let him be who he wants to be? Um, I I don't know. It doesn't really bother me. Um, I did have a pretty funny uh, moment with one of the WWE referees because, you know, I got tagged in a whole bunch of shit when that happened. I'm just sure. (laughs) Yeah. And one of the referees up there said something like I I posted an action figure. He goes, so you're going to get a baby brother bronze figure when it comes out? I'm like, no, I'm going to wait for three years when Jazzverse makes it. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't respond after that. <laughs> and I don't know. Like it's that I, I, it doesn't bother me. I mean, it's a name I made up too. So uh, yeah. Again, I just I, I it weirds me out when they change names for no reason. But then it, it's not for everybody, right? Like some guys change their names, but then some guys like Bobby Roode get to be Bobby Roode. Like so weird. Know. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense.
2: Yeah, but I, especially when he's got the lineage behind. I mean, the Steiner, Rick Steiner's your dad. You look just like him, and he sounds like Scott. Yeah, and and cuts promos like Scott. So right. So what are you doing? You know what I mean. You're not fooling anyone.
0: And just and he was wearing them. early on. He was wearing the goofy singlets, right? Like that they yeah. that they wore in the nineties. So I, I don't I don't know I don't know why you you get away from it.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Either go all in with it or just don't go in at all. Don't tip a toe around it. Don't, you know, right. don't, don't not address the elephant in the room, but kind of address the
0: elephant in the room, you know? Well, and they probably signed him because he was a Steiner, right? Like right. that's probably right. why they signed him. Cause I don't think, I think he came from football. I don't even think he was wrestling yet. So again, it just, it's that weird, it's that weird thing. Cause I know there was a period there where they were signing a bunch of second generation stars and changing their names. And I don't know. It just didn't make any sense to me.
1: Uh, I guess while we're on the topic, your thoughts on nepotism and wrestling,
0: um, as far as like men and women or
1: as far as what we're talking about, like the nepotism, like this person getting hired because oh, yeah. like, what family they're in, you know, like oh, just, just, just overall.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, it's, it's, I saw it. So, I mean, I rem- so early on when I first joined the Harley race Academy, first time I ever heard it directly Cody Rhodes had just debuted in WWE I'm paying Harley three thousand dollars to train there and Cody was not very good when he first debuted and they told all of us like yeah we offered Cody to come to the school and like well, we're not even gonna charge him he can just come for free and I'm thinking like like he doesn't have enough doors already open for him you know Like I don't know but at the same time, it's like you have no problem taking our money. So that is that kind of what you're meaning, like stuff yeah. like that, like how you see so many, like certain people have way met, way better chances. I mean, I don't know. It is what it is. I guess it's that whole paying your dues thing in wrestling is sometimes a hard thing to kind of to figure out, you know, because certain people will have advantages. It's just the way right. that it is.
1: And, well, i know I, I look at AEW and like there's
0: one reason why brian Pillman jr has a job right well okay like that kid hook right he's taz's kid um very talented but would he have ever gotten signed if he wasn't <laughs> Taz's kid right
2: i mean it's not as fast he's right. good but he right. would have had to work a couple years out yeah I sure
0: it, it's that it's that aspect of the but there is always that like oh hey That's Brian Pillman's kid. I remember him. There's always that feeling. And so I get it, but, you know, I don't know. It's hard to put my finger on the, how it is, but like, yeah, will he get opportunities that other guys won't, of course. And, you know, I saw it with, with Joe Hennig. He was one of the first guys that I ever saw that got signed and, you know, Joe is a good, good talent, good performer. he got signed because his dad was Kurt hennig you know and Mm -hmm. because he was very green when he signed and of course they never did anything with him but i don't know this that's that's the part about this like ronda rousey like i mean she pretty much got signed with no experience in pro wrestling because she was the face of women's mma right i mean everyone knew who she was so it makes sense but I don't know. There always will be that aspect of pro wrestling. I tried not to let it bother me when I was kind of coming up, but I mean, it's always going to be there.
1: Yeah. I've always thought it was fascinating. Barry, I'll let you touch on it too. How like, especially like, okay, you have the Samoans, right? You have the, basically you have the, the the Peter, my via tree, you have those Samoans, or you have every other Samoan, like Samoa Joe. And it's just like, you know, Roman and Usos, they're always going to get the benefit of the doubt. Because they're from the, Bruce's Pritchard has said it on his podcast. You have the Simones from that family, then you have the other Simones. and they're mm-hmm. the, the ones in the family are going to get the benefit of the doubt because they're in the family.
0: Well, and also too, look at I, I can't I can't think of which USO it is, but one of them's been arrested for drunk driving multiple times. Would he still have a job if he was Brian Kendrick without even suspension? Right, that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like it's 100 percent that way, right? Like certain I saw guys. When I was in developmental, they popped on a drug test. They were just fired. There was no three strikes, just boom, you're out. And so, yeah, it, it's it's not fair, but I think sometimes that's just kind of the nature of the business.
1: Here comes Big Viscera.
0: The uh, world's largest love machine, right?
1: Right. Wearing, like looks like <laughs> some soaked purple pajamas here.
0: Trevor used to have an 8x10 of, uh, viscera. He used to do this move called the Visagra, where you just get on your <laughs> on your prone body while you're face down. and the the expression on Trevor's face just like this total surprise. He sold tons of those. I was like, that is so smart. <laughs> oh he's
2: hitting the valvenus.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: as you, you just hit someone with a cutter on the ribs, looked like a Johnny Nitro.
0: Very full ring here. There's the Visagra.
1: <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of people in the ring here. We have we have three more people to come out. We Sean, We did miss Sean coming out. Sean Michaels is out there. Chris Masters is out there looking amazing.
0: Chris Matt Masters Hardy's came to, out there. He did a few shows for Harley like shortly after this when he got released before he came back. Oh, he's a super nice guy. He bought us pizza one time. Nice. That was cool. What a guy.
1: Visser just eliminated Matt Hardy. Uh, I, tell you, I watched Matt Hardy today. That guy, that's uncomfortable. It looks like he's walking on stilts.
0: Oh, I know. Remember that pay-per-view where he bonked his head on the concrete?
1: Yeah. With, Sam, the oh, that. with Sammy Guevara, I want to say. Like that
0: scaffolding or something? hmm That was like one of the most uncomfortable things ever.
2: One Mary. of the most athletic people yes. <laughs> in, in any sport right there.
0: Back in uh, 2015... That was my tag team partner in the Global Tag League for Pro Wrestling Noah, right
1: there. Talking Shelton Benjamin. Yep. Great dude. Great
0: dude.
2: Is he still nice to you if you speak to him? I haven't talked to him in a while, but
0: yeah, great guy. Um, he actually was what I thought was really cool about him was, you know, I'm going in as basically a nobody, but like he he really like went to bat for me while I was there, like. No, you change with us. No, you come with us. Like he was that that type of guy, which I thought that was cool, because he didn't have to do that. I, I'm a big I'm a big fan of when someone like is cool to you and they don't have to be, because it's like that mm-hmm. shows like real character to me. Yeah. Like no, like we're doing a sponsor dinner. No, you're coming with us. You're part of the crew. And I'm like, oh, because well, like, I'm thinking like they don't need, they don't want me. They want like you and Lance Hoyt and those guys. Like nope, you're with us. Come on. And uh, he j- just a super cool guy like that
1: i was out of the bar i would say probably four or five years ago and um one of my favorite athletes when i was a kid was a high state basketball player named jimmy jackson Mm -hmm. idolized when i was a kid posters in my room wore number 22 in bitty basketball the whole deal went to the bar one night my buddy who's a golf pro around here apparently gives him lessons and introduced me to him and you think it's just gonna be a high handshake whatever this dude sat with me and bought me shots for two hours
0: that's awesome
1: talk about his dogs um it was really nice to Rachel, and then it was, but it was mainly just me and Jimmy Jackson talking basketball, talking dog. It was the most down to earth conversation. He bought all my drinks, and then the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen, not named Rachel Brown, came into that bar, and he left with her, and it was amazing. I was like, that's everything I hoped that interaction would ever have been. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, I know what you mean when those guys—it's a pleasant surprise. But they don't have to be, and that's
0: just genuinely like who they are, right? Oh, yeah, I I think because they often you know, you hear the phrase oftentimes you don't want to meet your heroes. You'll be disappointed. But, yeah, um, I think it's always cool when you when you meet them and they're like, wow, what a good guy.
1: Gold dust came out here. He was number twenty nine. He looks great
0: here. What's funny is like that dude is like ageless, right? Because twenty twenty two, he's still wrestling and still in great shape, like unbelievable.
1: Your thoughts on gold dustberry
2: worker mm-hmm. yeah fucking worker, and I think in w c w it was right on he was a natural, I mean dude six six could move like a cat, had it down, I mean, mm-hmm. could talk, but your dad's the american dream you're you're in you're in huge, huge footsteps, man, but he carved a niche out for himself. Yeah, that did. a lot of people wouldn't have been able to stand up under that pressure. And he that's a hell of a testament to his talent.
1: And I gotta, Randy Orton just came out at 30. Go ahead, Breaker. I'm sorry.
2: No,
0: you're good. I, I have a funny Goldust story for you. So, well, Benoit there. Big elimination for Orton. Um, we were backstage at the 2012 Rumble, and Ted DiBiase Jr. trained at our school, so we all knew him. I didn't know him real well but all the other guys did so we were just kind of hanging out with him talking at that pay-per-view Yoshitatsu had a dark match and they were really trying to make him somebody you know to try to get the Japanese you know market and stuff and and Cold Dust walks in he goes Teddy how many good Japanese wrestlers are there and he goes a bunch he goes how the fuck do we get the one bad one (laughs) (laughs) We all just started laughing Because like, yo, she's a great dude But the guy, he was awful And it's just one of those things He's like, all the good Japanese guys Will get the one shitty one How did that happen?
1: Carlito out there eliminated somebody Chris Masters Chris Masters I see Viscera out there too Shauna Trevois is going to hang out in the corner For a little bit We might have shattered dreams there Now
0: they were doing DX tag team here, right? Um uh, I
1: think that was the clubs, year boxers, before.
0: Things like that. Is that was that going on? Yeah, it may it? have been. It may have been the year before. Or the year after. I'm not sure. And okay. Goldust is gone. See, I think um, one cool thing about the Royal Rumble here, it's like, if you look who's in the ring, it's like, well, Shelton's not winning, M&M's not winning, Orlando Jordan's not winning. But how cool would that be if they did? If somebody. Like, like you didn't expect to win. Like, so they've always kind of sold this event as anyone can win, but yeah. that's never been the case. I think it would be cool if they... Like, I thought Drew McIntyre was such a fun winner that year because mm-hmm. he didn't seem like the odds-on favorite. So I think sometimes if they can do that, it's it's pretty cool.
1: I thought that was Shinsuke, too.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that he was a good one because it's like, oh, that would be cool. But I never thought the company would actually push him correctly, which... They haven't completely, but so I thought it was cool this year, him and AJ being number one and two. That was fun.
1: I like that too. I guess he hasn't defended the IC belt in like four months or something like
0: that. <laughs> like no one even pays attention to that. And either. no yeah. one cares. Yeah.
1: Were no, you guys has... go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: No, it's cool. I I was gonna say, were you guys disappointed that we didn't get any of those quote unquote forbidden door entries that we were that was rumored that was going to happen?
1: Uh, let's take it first, Barry.
2: What forbidden door? Come <laughs> on, Barry. Come on, <laughs> I mean, all you got to do is message Chris Rocker, and he'll tell you all about the forbidden door. Oh, yeah. Hey, Chris <laughs> is our friend,
1: Barry. What you I know. To
2: That's why I said I was passing Breaker along to him.
1: <laughs> so it's me like there was no break. It can't just be like a former WWE talent, right? right I mean, Mickey right. James, obviously, a case to be made for her to be a WWE Hall of Famer, you know? But I need to see if somebody be somebody like not Mickey James, not Christian. Like, bring Jordan Grace out there.
0: Yeah. And he got my attention. So I was actually thinking, because they've done it a lot where a big surprise is number three. I was like, do you know how badass it would be if Okada came out number three with AJ and Shinsuke in the ring? Yeah. That yeah. would have been cool and and not like don't have him win but just like give him like let him work the match for a little bit like that would have been such a cool thing him or tanahashi that's kind of what i was hoping for cuz i'm like impact seems easy i don't see AEW doing it but if they brought a new japan talent over like that would be i don't i don't know i was looking at the royal rumble this year i was like get, pull me back in make me a fan again make me want to watch raw make me want to oh well, here's vets red terror's quads again <laughs> That is that was a you
1: know I wanted to do 2005 initially, but literally every podcast covered that last week. Oh yeah. Well, okay, let's go ahead and switch it up a little bit. No, I thought for sure they were going to have Matt Cardona out there.
0: That's what I thought, I thought too.
1: Be, I thought that was going to be like the forbidden door, but I mean, bring Moose. You want to do the impact thing? Bring Moose out there. You know, There's yeah. there's, there's a lot of different ways you go, but. I, I don't know Fans are so fickle these days. You're gonna have people complain about, well, they don't know who he is or whatever, whatever.
0: Right. So,
1: well, uh, why would be spotlight another promotion? What's it? What's? How does WB benefit from this type thing? It, it would just be a fucking shit show. Like everything.
0: I just thought. It. I thought Shane McMahon. well There he is again. I thought he was a weird choice for a surprise entrant. You know, it's like. Okay. Right. I mean, it, it was. It's to me like something. Someone from NXT would have been kind of fun or just someone that like really caught us off guard. And that was that to me, that wasn't it. And I think that's where a lot of the disappointment came in.
1: I've always been a shame fan. So I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. And then now I'm yeah. like, Oh, a lot of people don't like that. That's just my <laughs> subjective opinion. But for me, can we change the rule that fucking you have to have, you have to actually be in the Royal rumble to eliminate somebody. I agree with that. Now, I feel like it's always been such a cheap little way out of things, you know, like, Shane ran in, eliminating or <laughs> yeah. fucking, you know. Hogan pulled. I, I know he didn't pull out. Said the Flair and then pull, but if Hogan would have pulled him out and S- Flair would or Sid would have been eliminated, like that's so just just lazy to me.
0: They they change their own rules so often. I remember one right. Royal Rumble, um Finley came out with the shillelagh, and so they just like, oh, Finley's been disqualified and he just left, and it's like, <laughs> what, like. Like one year they that a whole hardcore match in the in, in the Royal Rumble, no one was yeah. disqualified. It just it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't make sense sometimes. I think they just make their own rules as they go. Um, there's one early Royal Rumble where Macho Man like jumped out over the 90? top. Yeah, yeah, and and they said like, oh, he's not eliminated because he he threw himself out. It, they're just changing their own rules because he was in the finish. But yeah, we <laughs> just we just
1: uh, covered that last week with Steve from PPW. Actually, like mm. we don't know if he did, he he just fucked up and. He's supposed to go under the rope and just went over. Because Macho <laughs> has that famous, he goes over the top rope, slaps an apron on the way down. It's always been right. so fucking cool. It's part of his presentation. And we got four more right here. We got Triple H, we got Randy Orton, we got Rob Van Dam, we got Ray. At this moment, Breaker, who did you probably, if you, I know you probably don't remember what you were thinking
0: at the time. Who did you think was going to win? You're probably sure uh, going to be Ray. It seemed like Ray, like it had to be Ray, but I would have, I was always going to pull for a Rob Van Dam win. You mm-hmm. know, like. I think he had been fun, but also too right here, I think is fun because legitimately you're like, yeah, it could be any of these four guys, right? Like, and triple Triple H H especially. Yeah. Yeah. He's always in that top contender spot. So is Orton. And
1: Rob Van Dam was born about 20 years too soon.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely.
1: With his lifestyle and his, the way he performs and just everything about his whole vibe would have gone along much better in today's world. Than it did in 2005
2: 2006. He's he's to me a more I don't want to say athletic, but he's Matt Riddle before Matt Riddle.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: no, dude,
1: it's the same vibe. It's that, yeah, hippie yeah. kind of stoner vibe they got, which I kind of dig, you know, but then you got the just a, tons of athleticism coming in behind it and just yeah. a different way of doing things than we're used to watching in pro wrestling. I feel like, and yeah. Yeah, you know, I feel like there's the WWE style, and those guys work. Breaker, tell me if I'm wrong. Those guys work outside of the WWE traditional WWE style that we've all grown up with, and the fact that they've been able to do it, I thought that you know Vince saw something and let them go, and I thought that was always great. But I love Matt Riddle, love Matt. Oh Riddle. yeah. And I was, oh, I, I, I I get the comparison a lot there, Barry. I absolutely see that.
0: Well, I thought Riddle and Sheamus had match of the WrestleMania weekend last year. That match was fantastic, and. Matt Riddle's one of those guys I think because he he has this like you know like oh, like this stoner personality like anytime I bring him up to my nephew he's always like oh the guy that kicks off his slides I'm like yes <laughs> you know like that's what he remembers from him and so like he he's super he's a super fun character but like you said he's as legit as they come with his UFC background and stuff uh, I don't know it just makes him makes him fun like I remember when I first saw Rob Van Dam. On like an ECW DVD, I'm like, this dude is phenomenal. Like, and and so when he actually debuted, I was like, okay, this guy's this guy's gonna be money. And
2: when I and, when I watched Van Dam and Sabu against uh, Hakushi and Hayabusa at Heat Wave '98, I was there yep. in the crowd. It was unfucking real. And then I went to an ECW House Show in 2000, and the main event was Van Dam versus Balls Mahoney. And it was an unbelievable match. Like, the crowd oh, yeah. was on their feet the whole time.
0: Dude, Balls was incredibly underrated as a performer. Yep. I don't think people give him enough credit. But, yeah, that and that's what was so cool about ECW at that time. It was just this kind of rebel third brand. And Hayabusa bringing him up. Dude, how good was that guy, man? It's so unfortunate what happened that accident years ago. But it's so talented.
2: The most picture-perfect 450 you could ever Ever see
0: Agreed
1: Got a young Randall Keith Orton here Just really coming into his own Yep One of the best careers The company's ever seen
0: Didn't he just pass a milestone Of like most pay-per-view matches In history or something
1: Either that or it was like the most matches On Raw
0: Something like that, yeah.
1: Something like that, yeah.
0: It's probably both.
1: <laughs> That's another guy, too, that he's the way he lives his lifestyle. That now is a perfect time for him to exist. You know what I mean? That, yep, I guess that he said that. Uh, so WB, they don't suspend for weed anymore, they just give you a fine and they test quarterly. So he just pays the fine for the year, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, would you rather a guy go back to his room and smoke a joint, or would you rather a guy throw a handful of pills down your throat? That's kind of what you're dealing with here. You know what I mean?
0: You know, I've had that argument for um, for years because you know I'm not a I'm not a weed guy, but there's a lot of guys at my at my shoot job that enjoy it and they can't smoke it because of random drug testing. You know, and I'm like, to me, there's nothing wrong with a guy on his days off wanting to light up a joint. You know. It doesn't affect his job or anything. Why Why it's it's so demonized, I don't know, but it just is what it is.
1: Times are changing. You know, it's just the, yeah. the previous... I mean, we have a whole other show on this topic. You know, oh, yeah. very, I have a lot to say about that, but basically it's a stigma that was been created by previous generations is now slowly starting to wear off. And I think over time it's going to continue to wear off. And also right. too, I think with the workforce, the way it is now and the pandemic, that they're going to have to make some concessions for people to come back to work. And that's one of them, I think. Yeah, and I agree. So I like you now, okay,
0: I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: Especially now you live in a world where people are taking edibles to go to sleep and things right. like that. You know, it's a right. whole different world than what we lived in. Even, Ten years ago, yeah, go ahead, Breaker. I'm so sorry,
0: no, you're good. I was gonna say, I really like that spot, like Triple H gets thrown out. He was in the match the whole time, but then he pulls Ray out of the ring, but he's not eliminated, but then he throws him against the stairs, so now it's <laughs> like, okay, Ford's got the match well at hand, like that to me is a good spot where it's like we kinda know what's gonna happen, but you know we we're not for sure here. Ray's pretty much down and out, so. Orton's got the match one, but of course they're going to do a probably little switcheroo here or something.
1: Yeah, Triple H lasted one hour and nine seconds. And no one uses the top rope better in a Royal Rumble than Rey Mysterio. There you go. I agree. Hurricane Rada out. Surprises Randy. He's relatively fresh. Desperation movie. Got it. Great facials by Randy Orton there.
0: Absolutely. Crowd's all about this. Can't be 27,
1: 28 years old right there. He's young. Amazing. One of my, one of the better Royal Rumbles. No, I
0: agree. It was a great one. And and a lot of the guys too that were like mid card guys like Trevor and Eminem, Carlito. They all had like a a long time in the match, which was which was cool. Um, I I'm a big fan. Like if I were in this match, I would, only thing I would be after is like, I want to be eliminated in a cool way. You know, like yeah, make it make it kind of memorable. Uh, yeah, Carlito lasted 38
1: minutes, 29 seconds. Tonka lasted 14 minutes, 9 seconds. Joey Good Mercury, 29 minutes. Johnny Nitro, 25 minutes. Rob Van Dam, a half hour. Trevor Murdoch, 13 minutes, 41 seconds. Nice. Yeah, there's some guys putting in some time in this match.
0: Did you guys see that uh, leaked list of uh, like rumble entrance and times that was obviously not real? Did, did you happen to see that on Twitter? Yeah, I feel like we see that every year. Yeah, we do. It kind of makes you wonder, though, if they're like, damn it, that's out. we got to change it up. I mean, I don't know for sure. I know when I was there in 2012, they posted a list on the wall, and it was order of entry, order of elimination, and time in the match. And it looked just like that. And I know, like, they posted it on the wall, and I saw it, and I looked at it. But it changed in the course of the day. Like like, I remember they had like some, one of the guys that was in it that got completely pulled out of the match. So I don't know if they put that out there to see if it would leak. I don't know. So you never know with that place. I've also heard they mic, they put mics in like the extras locker rooms to see if they'll hear them talking about stuff. Like, I don't know what to believe. I don't know if that's true or not, but, but I imagine like finishes and things like that. They kind of keep that, hush, hush. Sometimes. It all just sounds very paranoid. Super yeah. paranoid. Yeah. Well, and, and, like, what I think is interesting is, like, CM Punk, when he debuted at that Rampage show, like, he even talked about it in an interview. He was like, no one's stepping on each other's dicks here. They didn't hide me in a limo. Like, I was walking around. I drove into the building. Like, I was walking around backstage. I was taking pictures. I was saying hi to everybody. He was, like, but it still wasn't leaked online. Like, everyone knew he was showing up. It was pretty obvious, but it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't like a, a big secret. Like they have to keep someone locked away in a trailer all day or whatever. Well, before we let you
1: go, I feel like you're the only person that's ever going to be on this podcast. that's are going an to answer this. Uh, you said you're at a Royal rumble. You were backstage 2012. Just tell us your memories, uh, the vibes of just being there. Was it tense? Was it relaxed? Stuff like that.
0: So I was an extra for a handful of pay-per-views. And, um, I, I remember I was an extra for one of the, um, one of the elimination chambers and they actually put this big tarp over the the structure so that they could rehearse and no one could see them. Um, anytime I was an extra, they would usually kick us out of the, uh, of the ringside area when they did rehearsal. And I think that was a way so that we, uh, we didn't spoil anything. Like, of course, if you're trying to get a job in that company you're not going to spoil anything but right uh, i don't know it, like you said paranoia and uh i know they um <laughs> when the match started we were just standing backstage and michael hayes told everyone all right line up and they all kind of got in a makeshift line like in order of entry and i guess just kind of waited on on their turn which um i remember seeing that year they had karma um Hacksaw, Jim, Duggan and then somebody else is like surprise entrance. And I saw them pull them backstage very quickly and kind of hide them, which like that's not real big surprises, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like it, it wasn't like weird. I know a couple of guys try to call spots on the fly, like running through Michael Hayes while we were standing there. And he was like shooting stuff down like, nope, nope, don't do that. Don't do that. And, like, it's got to be this, this, and this, and this. So they all had, like, exact instructions as to when they're going in, what they're doing, and who is throwing them out, which would have to be incredibly difficult to pull off exact, I would think.
1: Yeah. Uh, Michael Cole was in this, Seamus, Karma, uh, Jerry Lawler, yeah, Jim Duggan.
0: Trying to see how those surprises I might see here. Not really. Ricardo Rodriguez was in it. Oh, oh, that's a funny story. So that day, he came up to us, me and the other guy. There was only two extras, me and another guy. He goes, uh, "Do you guys have uh, white boots?" I'm like, no, man, my boots are black. And he was like, um, "Could I paint them?" And I'm like, "No." He's <laughs> like, "I really need. I need white boots." And what they were doing that year is they did the uh, Alberto Del Rio thing, where he came out in like a instead of a really nice car, he came out like a jalopy and basically did all Del Rio stuff. And, um, and so he needed white boots to look as much like Del Rio as possible. So he was trying to hit up everyone he could to get some, some white boots. And then I think he eventually found something that worked, but yeah, I mean, we, we kind of know like as extras, we're probably not doing anything that day, but it was cool to be back there to kind of see it. And, uh, I mean, I, I had no idea who was gonna win it or anything like that, but it was it was cool to watch for sure. The Rumble's always a fun fun show, one of my favorites. All
1: right, Breaker, why don't you go ahead and uh, plug everything you got, man?
0: For sure. So uh, I have a few podcasts out there. Uh, Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. We've we'll been going for over 400 episodes. Me and Bane every Sunday. I have uh, you know, it's Fake Right, which is a kind of a fun interview podcast I do every Monday. And then me and Travis Fowler a few, few months ago started the TB toy cast where we kind of just talk all about uh, old toys, some new stuff, just kind of dive into the fun stuff that we enjoy there. And yeah, it's been fun, man. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of hard to record it all at times. It can be a little bit, a little bit stressful, but it, it's a good time. I enjoy it. It's good. And you're uh, on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Brian breaker, ODR on Instagram at Brian breaker. I have a TikTok now at Brian Breaker ODR. And uh, I'm on Facebook, too, if you want to find me there. Just search at Brian Breaker, I think. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. All the social media action.
2: Barry, send us something. Yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on, Breaker. It's always a great time talking, wrestling with you. Absolutely. Getting to, getting to pick your brain about everything. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at BFrost28 eric drop their credentials and all that good stuff
1: you sir. can follow me on twitter at eric brown 740 but follow the show on twitter instagram and tiktok by searching at doing the favor rate and review subscribe wherever you get your podcast uh, thank you guys all so much that support us uh go to our store at whatamaneuver.net Down to doing the Favor podcast whatamaneuver.net is on fire these days so proud of michael and them guys over there man they put in good work and i tell you what they are not afraid to take care of the little guy man there's not a lot of people out there in the world like that. So shout out one Doing a favorite podcast, buy one of our shirts. Search- you're only supporting us, you're supporting Mike over at net as well.
2: Absolutely. Um, do anybody want to do any shout outs?
1: Uh, go ahead, Barry.
2: Yeah, I want to say fuck all you guys. No. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, shout out to Cleaner, the Ohio players, Dobro um Sammy Evans he you know he texts me late today He texts me about 8:30 8:30 Yeah. Uh, you
1: wor- I was, I've been worried about him.
2: <laughs> I was. Uh who else is out there? Uh Bane since Breaker refused to let you come on tonight. I we'll refused. try to get you on the, We'll try to get you on next week.
0: Uh, well,
2: you know, Bane,
0: you know, he's He's in the midst of of no holds barred with Bill Benes. so you know, careful. He's having
2: it rough as well. Yeah,
0: oh yeah, he is. Um, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool people. I mean, I know I say this a lot, but Twitter can be an absolute cesspool at times. But I think there's also a lot of good in social media. There's a lot of cool people out there. So hopefully everybody's able to to find the cool people. Like, um, you know, another guy I, I'll shout out. I know you guys know Nick Haddock's that yep. dude will he'll randomly just message me every morning like hey man have a good day. just a great dude. I know you mentioned Dobro cleaner, a uh, good friend of mine Steve Hoker. I don't know if you guys know him more well, but he's a he's a great dude. Like he uh, I bought some figures from him a um, couple days ago and I just got the package this weekend and he sent this whole box of what they're called pint-sized brawlers yep. and it's from Funko and they're Street Fighter and I was like, oh, dude, you didn't have to send that. And he goes, oh, no, I, th- I thought your nephew would like it for his YouTube channel. And I'm like, oh, dude, that's super cool. So we made a, we shot a little video with that today. So there's a lot of cool people out there. Um, unfortunately, sometimes the negative outweighs the positive at times. But um, I'm 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 pretty happy with the community we have, man. We have there's some good there's some good folks out there.
2: Yeah. And uh, Eric, uh, before you give undeserved attention Scott Tune over at Fully Posable, one of the one of the pioneers of the wrestling figure podcast game carries his useless brother Jeff every weekend. It's it's amazing what that man does. Is that Jeff with one F or two? That's one F, Jeff Tune. <laughs> and like I said, Bill <laughs> Venus will tell you you can never trust a, a man with one F.
0: He's yeah, over there eating hot dogs under his bed. Oh yeah, we we all know.
1: I want to shout out all the Ohio players. I know, um, Breaker, you mentioned Nick Haddix. Nick Haddix, I don't know if you know this, is on cloud nine right now because his beloved Cincinnati Bengals made the Super Bowl out awesome. of nowhere. Out of nowhere. No, not awesome, but we'll go ahead and be happy for our friends as a, <laughs> as a, as a Browns awesome, fan here.
0: Awesome for him. Okay, how about that? As,
1: as a Browns fan here, I live in a state divided, and I live right in the middle of that state. you know. So, But I am happy for all my friends that are uh, Ohio players and they are Bengals fans. I know how excited you must be. You guys got Joe Scheisty out there. Uh, Lena's on my TV right now from this 2006 WWF title match. If you guys want to go back and check that out. Wow. Good right? for her. Good for Edge. Um, <laughs> yeah, all our friends, uh, PPW Podcast, the TV, TV Toycast, obviously, uh, Tales from the Estates. Ringside ramp, Rucker and Marty over boots to the face where Barry just so rudely interrupt just so rudely shouts out Rucker like he does. But I'm gonna give him his props.
2: Did you know that man got a tattoo? <laughs> leave him leave him be. Leave him be. <laughs> this man got a certified loser tattoo on his he, bicep. He's got his
1: favorite football team tattooed only like How, many people do. Why? Leave that man. He's a good love you, Rucker. Barry, you don't uh, deserve that any is of that. Awful. Uh, Dobro had 85 million followers on Twitter. Uh, he's he's so nice. Sometimes I worry about him. I love the kid to death.
0: He's too I nice for so, this
1: world, man. He's so <laughs> too nice for this world, and he Facetimes me. I I, t- when, I tell you what, when my dog died and I was down in the dumps, this motherfucker FaceTimed me. He's like, we are getting through this. <laughs>
0: yeah, like, yeah he's he's. A, I'm not even shocked, man. He's such a good dude. Um, you know and there's so many good people out there. I I think it's, it's, it's a cool community that we've kind of become a part of. I'm very happy about that. It's just, it's unfortunate when a bad egg comes along, right? Because I think in our world, you could have like 20 positive interactions and one bad one, but that's the one we focus on, right? Is that bad one. And it's unfortunate, but we all do it. It's so easy to focus on
1: the negative, like you said, but I think Steve last week said it best is like this community we kind of have has been, kind of a tight-knit community and if somebody's a dick yeah. they pretty quickly get eliminated from said community that's yes. why i said
2: i don't know how i've hung on <laughs> so long well. so yeah, we don't
1: know how it's
2: happened yeah. we've
1: seen some people pull some wild shit over my few years of being in this community and the fact that like <laughs> not that we've it or whatever but you know we have our friends and they're all yeah. I, I know what our virtual friends I know breaker you guys talk about it all the time how like just such a cool thing. You always talk about the example with you and Travis Fowler. You yeah. know, you guys have never met in person, but you started, you know, on the internet somehow. And then that grew into a tech situation. Now you do a podcast. And now you consider him a good friend.
0: You yeah. I mean, and and that's
1: just something that it, happens. It's, it's great.
0: It, it is. It's weird because, you know, it, it kind of grew from one day mm-hmm. to the next and so on and so forth. We have similar interests. <laughs> we talk all the time. And it's like, I've never even met him in person, but I know him better than. You know, people in my real life. So I don't know. It's it's a cool thing. Like, I, I think that's the whole like social media thing. Right. Because I know, like, I completely don't even use Facebook at all because it's like people I went to high school with family members that I'm not close to. It's like. I don't need it, you know, I'll stick with a, a community over here. Most of
1: my out of, they send your friend request out of curiosity, not because they like want to be your friend and catch back up with you.
0: <laughs> that is true. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: I, I post all my wild shit on Facebook so my family can be disappointed. You know? <laughs> there you go. There Barry you go. posted
1: a pumpkin one time that was that was glazed like it basically <laughs> just got a money shot all over the pumpkin, right? And Barry posted this on on Facebook. And somebody responded. I think her name was Barb, I'm going to say, for example, versus, oh, my, Barry. And Barry <laughs> responded, not for the church, Barb. <laughs> so-
2: <laughs> yeah. uh. Not out here fucking around. And I don't know yeah. what I was doing during the show, but this man slandered Brian Pillman Jr. while wearing his dad's T-shirt. I did. Look at this. Wow, this. wow. <laughs> you did. <laughs> What's going on here? No, Amazing. A wild a episode. You guys are, I mean, Eric Brown's is wild. Breaker, <laughs> you've at least been decent, except you did slander uh, Animal a little bit. Yeah, so I don't, know. No, well, I, I that's get more over. on Heidenreich, but yeah. <laughs> but Eric dropped the credentials, sir. I did. We already did. We got on a tangent.
1: We did. We got on a tangent.
2: <laughs> the fuck Thank I you, Breaker, doing? so
1: much, but I had a lot of fun tonight, man. Thank you. We're, yeah, we'll man. Do,
2: yeah. I appreciate you guys having me. It was a good time absolutely well i guess we've already did everything so with that good night and god bless it goes one two into the foe. ever Barry, you get up with ETF and that's for show. If you don't come correct, you get your ass full. So take a minute and chill until the next episode. Doing the favor, always bringing the heat. That's why Barry got your girl doing legwork in the sheets. My dude, Eric, holding down for the streets. Them Ohio players got their ears to the beat. Gotta say that we appreciate the time. Whether you're on the job or trying to unwind. Just
1: a
0: few more days until we're back live. Yeah, Will be your lifeline. I know you feel me on the mic with the flavor. Let it marinate in something to savor. We ball so hard. This is a layup. Until the next time, doing the favor. Yeah, doing the favor.
1: Doing the favor.
2: Uh, doing the favor. Until next time, do me the favor.